everybody. Welcome to Blood, Sweat, and Balance Sheets. My name is Mike Whitmire. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Flowcast, uh, proudly an inactive CPA. Today, I want to welcome Kristen Lofgren to our podcast. Uh, very unique guest for today. She's a director of accounting and also runs some meme accounts. So I'm going to hand it off to you to go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, thanks, Mike. I'm excited to be here. Um, so my name is Kristen Lofgren. I'm a CPA, um, and I've, I'm the, currently the director of accounting at a sports betting startup in New York. Um, fun fact on the side, I've been making memes about accounting for a while now. Uh, my main accounts are at Let's Get Fiscal, at The Accounting Betch, and at Big Four Confessions. Um, and yeah, so I do memes on the side with my day job. <laughs> And they're, uh, yeah, obviously I've come from the accounting world and they hit home in a pretty big way following the accounts. And so I, I love it. I do give advice to folks to uh, not follow your accounts while they're still in audit because it can be like overly depressing. But uh, after when you're out and you're in the real world, it's kind of nice to reminisce about <laughs> those old times and see some of those, those memes. Um, but I would love to, to take it from the top. So you started your career in audit. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you got in the accounting industry at large? Like take it from the top and then how'd you find your way into big four? Yeah, so I thought I wanted to be an accountant since I turned 15, but I didn't really know much about it. Why? Um, because I was in high school and I have anxiety and I wanted to figure out what I what college I wanted to apply to and what major I wanted. And I just wanted to like have the answer and be done with it. So I was like, oh, accounting. My mom, my mom was an accountant. Um, there we go. She, yeah. A lot of accountants parent have parents who are accountants, but yeah, <laughs> my mom started at KPMG and then worked her way up to become a CFO of a company that eventually went public. And I like always thought, wow, um, she was like my role model. It's very successful. I had four kids too while she's doing all of this. Um, so I wanted to be like her. It's wow. like a safe career option. That's what everyone says about accounting. It's very safe <laughs> in, it the is. in ups and downs of the economy. So, yeah, I just picked accounting, not knowing too much about it. Um, but I went to Clemson. I studied accounting there. It was very difficult. I questioned my decisions a lot, but I stuck through it. And it's like, um, uh, I eventually ended up getting an offer with Deloitte after interning there. And I started full-time with Deloitte um, in the Atlanta office in audit. And then I transferred to the New York office eventually, still in audit. Um, after three total years in audit at Deloitte, I was getting, uh, I guess, rethinking career options, trying to figure out what I wanted to do and ended up hearing about M&A due diligence. Mm -hmm. And I got an offer to transfer into that group. So I did that for almost two years at Deloitte. So total of five years at Deloitte. Then I went to industry. Um, I went to a huge, one of the top five media companies in the world as the um, regional financial reporting manager over North and South America, did a lot of M&A, a lot of M&A accounting, um, which was really cool. But after two years, decided I wanted to try the startup world. So now I'm the director of accounting at a sports betting startup in New York. Awesome. Well, it very uh, interesting journey. So I'm curious, at what point in your accounting uh, studies were you starting to question that decision? Intermediate accounting. <laughs> <laughs> right? That, that is, that, it happens pretty quickly. It's like, uh, you have what, 101 and 102. And then as soon as you, yeah. you get to 201 for us, it was like, whoa, this is a little little tougher than the original ones. And it kind of weeds people out from the major. Yeah, it's definitely the weed out class. And I like, oh, that was a tough one. I was rethinking everything. But then I realized everybody else was failing too. So 
Um, <laughs> is that on purpose? So, okay, our professor did that as well. We hit 201 and it was like, yeah, I mean, he gets up and makes his proclamation on the first day of like, hey, this is the class where we weed people out of accounting or not. So he says it straight up. And then yeah. we get the test and people are coming back with like 17s out of 100. And that's like yeah. the average score. Okay, so it was like that in your class also? Yeah, everybody was failing. Like somehow I managed to get like a B at the very end, but uh, the whole time I was pretty much failing. I think they want to like freak you out along the way. Uh, <laughs> it worked. <laughs> there, there was, yeah, I really was like, what is going on right now? Like yeah. I got a, got a 22 and it's like upper quartile, yeah. I guess, of the grading scale here. Yeah. Okay. Huh, I'm curious. Uh, I'd love to see in the co in the comments from folks when we post this if that's common with all accounting departments if they get give you this soul crushing intermediate accounting class. Yeah, yeah. So if any yeah. listeners are in intermediate accounting right now, uh, stick it out. <laughs> yeah, you might be okay. Yeah, it's all a big facade. They're just trying to trying to scare you out of the major, and it, it kind of was not as hard after that. Is that what you? Yes. Remember? Yeah, because then the advanced classes were specific to like audit or tax and things like that. Those weren't nearly as hard. Well, mm -hmm. I'm never good at tax, but it's easier than intermediate accounting. Yeah, yeah, tax. Oh man, I could forget Ugh. about that. No problem. And yet everyone thinks us CPAs do tax returns, right? Yep. To this day, friends are still asking me if I'm busy because of tax season. To this like, day, I'm like, to, I do financial statements. <laughs> I li I literally. I have a neighbor and he knows I run a software company and he's uh -huh. like, man, tax season got extended this year. You must be busy. I'm like, we sell software <laughs> to accounts. In no way am I busy around tax season. <laughs> right now. Even when I was actually doing accounting, I wasn't busy during tax season. Yeah, exactly. The correlation. It's so strong. It's so, so who does Even, your taxes? Um, oh, personal taxes. I do, I do my own turbo tax. Oh, okay. It's a breeze. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, so tell me about the internship experience. I didn't get to do that. I hopped straight. I, I took it. My internship was chilling on the couch at school that summer, having a good time. So uh -huh. I don't you know what, what the actual experience was like. Um, well, so my, my first internship was actually with GE and their financial management program. And I realized really quickly that it was not a good fit for me. I didn't really enjoy my internship. So then I I, I went back to the basics. I'm like, I'm an accounting major. I want to go to a big four firm. Um, I actually got my foot in the door kind of like in a different way. I applied for an internship with Deloitte knowing that I was I didn't have enough years of experience. They wanted juniors. I was a sophomore, but I applied anyway. Um, so uh, I got rejected from that, obviously, but the partner reached out to me and he was impressed that I was applying for a position that I... Um, wasn't qualified for any, and, and we met for coffee and he invited me to attend Deloitte National Leadership Conference, which is at Deloitte University in Texas. And they only pick one person from each school to go. Oh, and wow. the biggest life hack that like most people don't know is if you get invited to one of these leadership conferences, you're guaranteed an internship offer at the end of it for the next summer. Oh. So I never actually interviewed with Deloitte ever. I grabbed coffee with a partner. He invited me to this leadership conference. I went, I got an internship offer in my pocket. I did the internship. I got a full-time offer from there. And I started at Deloitte without ever having interviewed there. Wow, that's impressive to pull that off. Quite the series of events. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little life hack for any listeners who are like freshmen in college or you know want to get a big four internship. Do the leadership conferences. It's like 
three days to a week of your time and you get an internship offer at the end of it. And and are that many sophomores applying for that that type of I don't even remember that from when I was in No, because college. they don't know about it. Yeah. Okay. I like kind of lucked into hearing about it from networking with a partner when I was like a sophomore. Nice. That's a great hack. The interview process is nerve wracking, especially when you're a college kid, you're talking to partners and whatnot. It is. I do want to tell everyone who's listening, though, just be confident. And that helps a lot during the interview process, right? They want to hire people and they want to hire smart people and confidence, certainly. <laughs> it makes oh, yeah, sure that's smart. true. <laughs> but, well, that's awesome. Tell me about your first uh, inventory count. Uh, it was like at a retail store. I don't even remember the name of it. In the middle of nowhere, Georgia. It was like a two-hour, because I started in Atlanta office. So I, had to drive I was going to say, I feel hours. like being in Atlanta could result in some interesting inventory <laughs> count things. Yeah. Yeah, I could. Um, yeah, I, I think I had to be there at like 6 a.m. And I showed up and it was so boring. I don't even know if I did it right because the instructions were pretty lacking. But <laughs> Four to sheet, sheets of floor, I think, something, yeah. something like that. <laughs> no senior, just me. You know how it goes. What so, was yours? Uh, well, the, my life hack is I got away with never doing a never doing an inventory count. What? Uh, but I mean, it's not like it's not the most fun story in the world. I had a I, I had a seizure because I, I have epilepsy and so I couldn't drive. And I was just yeah. like, I can't, I can't like I'm not gonna have my mom drive me to an inventory count on That's New Year's fair. Eve. I, I can't I can't do it. That's so they were fair. So they were they were accommodating. That was very nice of uh, of EY to hook me up on Aww. that one. You guys so nice. <laughs> I'm they, glad you got out of it. <laughs> Good, yeah, quality and everything we do. Um, for sure. <laughs> so when you got into audit, uh, what types of companies did you end up at? So I actually had like the most random experiences in audit um, because I started in a different office. So I started in Atlanta. Um, my main clients in Atlanta, I was on two different hospitals um, which had nine, one had a 930 year end, one had a 1231 year end, but it was a hospital and it was private. So the year end was pushed way after busy season. Oh, okay. And then I had my busy season, which was a public company that did sold timber. Um, okay. so I got to do, it was a smaller public company though. So I was able to balance like the other clients. So I got like public and private exposure, a timber company and healthcare. And I was pretty much in busy season or quarterly reviews year round, like, you know, how it goes. And um, then I transferred to New York. And since I was new to the New York office, they um, I, they were pretty much just assigning me to whatever client needed somebody. So okay. my main client in New York, I was on two main ones. One was a soft a media company called Walters Kluwer, they're public in the Netherlands. And then um, Chanel, which was fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Walters Kluwer, they do a lot of like tax software and accounting yeah. software, I, I believe. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with them. Um, and then Chanel's way cooler. Uh, way cooler. Oh, yeah. That was a, that was a fun one. Um, yeah. So, I, so, yeah, I had a mix of everything. And I was on one startup in New York. So I'm pretty sure I was on almost every industry at some point that, in time. That's awesome. I, I will say for, for people listening like that, to me, is the best approach at Big Four. Get some exposure across industries. Yeah. Get on a public company, but not not like GE or Disney yeah. <laughs> where you're relegated to that com- that client only. So yeah, if you find that small timber company, you can get on and get exposure yeah. to the whole balance sheet and, and run an engagement and then have private. It's very, very similar to my experience at, uh, at EY kind of. So I lucked into it. It wasn't intentional, but that yeah. ended up being a really, a really good experience. All right. I want to hear about the M&A transition because yeah. I tried to do it and got rejected and then <laughs> ended up doing audit for another year and then leaving. So was that 
Was that you going being like, I'm sick of this or was it an opportunity? Tell us, tell us more about that. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it was in the New York office. I was on, I was on one team in audit that I just didn't really click with. I loved my teams in Atlanta. I loved my team. My Chanel team was great too, but there was like one audit I was on that was just, you know, working for the sake of working. The audit's done, but you have to stay till midnight just because, and it was just, you know, it was kind of annoying. And I started rethinking like, do I really want to stay in audit forever? And I decided no. So I saw two options, stay at Deloitte or go to a different practice or hyper industry. Um, I did a little bit of networking. I um, researched m and I wanted to understand what the position would be like. Um, and then I just like sent cold call emails. I emailed the, um, I found an internal recruiter who uh, hires experienced hires for m and due diligence. I emailed her. I said, I work at Deloitte. I'm internal, but I'm interested in joining m and due diligence. What would be the next steps to go forward? Um, so the next steps I had like, um, I had to meet and get like reach out to somebody in the group, get coffee with them, get to know them. So I asked all these questions. Um, and then there was a formal interview process. Before I could do the formal interview process at Deloitte, they make you tell the audit partners. So that was like really uncomfortable because I had I didn't have the transfer approved. I still hadn't even interviewed for it. I didn't know if I would get it, but I still had to tell audit that I was leaving. Wow. Which was weird, but I did it because I was like, I'm done with audit anyway. Um, I went through the formal interview process. Um, it was like three interviews um, with like a manager, a senior manager, and a partner. Um, and it went um, well. I ended up getting an offer to join after I did one more busy season because that's just how it goes. <laughs> yeah, it kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and then in m and was I did a ton of different um, deals on the buy side and the sell side primarily in the healthcare industry. They liked that I was on the hospital audits and there's so much M&A in healthcare. So the fact that I had that like hospital experience is what got me in. Uh, very interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I doubt there are many people who are internally emailing the recruiter within the mm -hmm. firm to try to get a new position. That's a brilliant, <laughs> that's a brilliant play. I'm like still kind of, yeah, that's awesome. And then I find it hilarious that your most challenging interview process at the audit firm was to get out of audit. Yes. That's a fact. Like the only interview you did was to get out of the group. <laughs> yes. They, they, once you're in audit, they don't want to let you go. It's no, so they don't. They need people. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it, like I've heard of other people that can't get into M&A due diligence because their transfer gets denied by audit or whatever it is. And so they just go to another firm. It's all the same at all the firms anyway. Yeah, it's it's very similar, right? Did you uh, did you enjoy your time in M and A? Did you think you learned like valuable skills from moving into industry? Yes, um, I really enjoyed M and A. I loved the work of it. I loved like learning what are the deal breakers when you're trying to acquire a company or sell a company. How to prepare all the financials was really really interesting to me. But um, with the nature of M and A, there was a lot of travel. There was a, there were a lot of fire drills. Um, and it just became like a little bit much. And I got to the point where um, I, I, I just wanted more work-life balance. So that's the, the only reason I left their industry. I, yeah, I remember the reputation kind of being like, there might be a week where you're not working that much, but then you might get a call and you got to be on a plane that night and you're about to work 100 hours to get a deal done. That's that accurate. is exactly how it is. Like I made you do nothing for a week, which is so fun and everything, but um, 
you can't really rely on PTO. Your PTO will, a partner will ask you to cancel it or push it back if a, if a fire drill comes up. So it, it just wasn't much of a balance between personal life and work. Makes, makes sense. And so one thing is like from a career planning uh, perspective, doing audit for a few years, doing M&A for a few years, you know, before going into industry, it feels like you're positioning well to be a CFO. Was that part of the thinking, like thinking about your mom's career trajectory and where you're trying to get some of those skills for that ultimate goal? Yeah, that's my ultimate goal. You're right. <laughs> so hopefully it works out. I'm the director of accounting at a sports betting startup. So I'm hopeful that, like, you know, after a couple of years, I, I think, you know, I think I'm pretty much getting ready to be there hopefully within the next five years. Yeah, for sure. So for the um, for the sake of the audience and people who haven't done it, you know, what what's the difference between a director of accounting versus a controller versus like, tech, like, what, what do you actually what do you actually do all day? I think the titles like, you know, they're all kind of the same thing. You could also call me a controller. But I, I think my title should really be director of accounting and finance because I do it all. I do. So I, I, we had a staff, um, we no longer do. Now it's pretty much just me running the accounting department. Okay. Um, you know, it's a small company, so it's hard to have perfect controls and everything in place. But um, yeah, how, how many? How big is the company? How many employees do you uh, have? About 50. 50. Um, so there, it's nice of them to even have a director of accounting internally. I found most, most companies of that size yeah. are still outsourcing accounting. Yeah, but we're still growing. So it's not like the transactions are overwhelming. And I actually am glad I got exposed to learn how to use NetSuite and like all the accounting softwares and everything on my own so that hopefully I can just review it in my next job. Um, that was the goal for this one. But you know, whatever, I'm doing both. Um, so yeah. The real I, goal I, is hopefully when you're a CFO, you're never logging into that software again. Nice. Pe- people are just handing you things. That's that's the goal, yeah. That's the goal. But right now I'm, I'm doing everything. So I'm preparing, I'm doing month and close, which is pretty easy. Um, I've got it like pretty automated at this point. I don't I need flowcast in my life, but I'm uh, <laughs> still very small. <laughs> you need a, you need a little bit more of a team to uh, before you yeah. need that. I think you I think you got it under control for right now. Yeah, and then I also like I prepare the quarterly financial statements. I prepare the year end financial statements. I run the audit. So let's talk about that switch from industry or from uh, audit into industry. Like, what was what was it like actually doing the accounting and then getting getting audited on the back end? I think I. I gained so much more respect for the client side by joining the client side. Because when I was in audit, I was like, oh, this client sent me this stuff in PDF. Or it was so easy to judge like on the audit side, like when the client does something dumb. Then I go to the client side and I'm like, wow, I'm the one preparing the financials. I'm the one thinking about the technical accounting implications. I just sent it to auditors to tear it apart. But it's a lot harder to actually think about it and to write a memo and like, what are the actual journal entries going to be? So I feel like I've learned more in industry by doing like actual things. Totally. Like I think everyone, (laughs) everyone moves over industry and they're kind of blown away with the amount of work that everyone has that is, you know, non audit related work. Cause that, that's such a big part of it is like is audits one small component of the accounts job. You have a day job and it's a full-time job and then the auditors show up and yeah. start just distracting you. So yeah, you gain a whole level of appreciation for what they're going through. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely do. I get it. I'm team client now. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any embarrassing stories with the auditors? Um, I'll, I'll share my most embarrassing one. Yeah, yeah, you go first. I, I have to think, I don't know. 
Oh, okay. Um, I had a topside entry booked incorrectly to one of my deferred revenue accounts and handed a schedule off to them that was off by $40 million when our, <laughs> when our materiality was like 2 million bucks, something oh, like that. Cause I was so heads down in the weeds that I didn't even yeah. pick my head up and be like, Oh, I'm off by $40 million. It was just like that journal entry, I guess is correct, <laughs> but it was backwards. And there we go. So all right, that's a pretty bad one. Oh your, yeah, your that's turn. a bad one, but uh, I don't know. I mean, oh, you can't make me go first and then have well, nothing. I I don't know. I'm. It, I guess there was just so much going on. I, I, I'm, I've kind of dumped my memories from audit because I just don't even want to think about it anymore. <laughs> that's fair. I can't, I can't think of anything. That's fair. Here we go. All right. Well, sure, there were things. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, let's shift to uh, some more of the fun stuff. When did you start posting about uh, audit and accounting world? Um, I started uh, posting memes about audit and accounting uh, when I was uh, just starting at Deloitte. <laughs> oh, okay. It was a big, was a big secret. Um, nobody knew. Nobody. I didn't even tell my family. I didn't tell my friends for a few years because I just thought it was like a fun, funny thing. I didn't expect it to go anywhere. And then one day I realized my account had grown to like 10,000 followers just organically because I wasn't trying to grow it. I was just posting things I thought were funny as a side thing. And then I, I had a little wake up call. I'm like, wow, I should really put more effort into it if I got to $10,000 without really trying that hard. So I started putting more effort in and then I, I was growing and growing and then um, I, I just started making up different accounts along the way. Now I have my three main accounts. I decided to start telling people about my meme accounts. Um, basically when I left Deloitte, okay. I didn't think that they would be very supportive, but probably industry is cool. <laughs> yeah. Especially a startup. Like you're yeah. the, the startup is not going to care that you're posting funny stuff to Instagram about right. po poking fun at the industry. I, have you gotten any comments from like former I don't know, an old boss about, hey, don't tell this story or something? No, no. Um, everyone like knows I do it now because like I'm pretty open about it, like on my personal Instagram page. So anybody, I I have it in my caption, like founder of that looks like this in my personal Instagram where former coworkers follow me. So they must see that I'm doing this stuff, but I haven't really gotten many comments. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's my friends nice. and family think it's cool though. And what's your uh, yeah. so what's your plan? What's your <laughs> plan yet. with we'll the? See. That's good. I mean, it makes makes life easier. What's your plan with the accounts going forward? Like, I I don't know this world. So, what's the? How do you, I guess, operate more under this personality? Like, what's the plan? Um, I just keep um, I just am keeping. I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing. Um, keep posting memes. I try to. I'm trying to post more often. But it's always a balance because I have my day job and then I do this on the side. So my day job always comes first since I want to be a CFO. I have to focus on that. Um, but, you know, I've thought about things on the side. What else can I do? I think one thing that could be a successful way to go is doing um, some career coaching. I get so many DMs from people asking for advice that are in that want to be an accountant or they're in college or studying for the CPA exams or whatever. So you know, I might do something like that on the side, but right now I've just got like so much on my plate. <laughs> right. Well, I've, mentoring could be really, really good for you. I mean, that makes a yeah. ton of sense that people are asking you questions about the career path, particularly with the big four confessions account. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of that stuff's really fascinating to kind of understand the 
inner workings of a firm and what it's really, what some of the things yes. are really like. Yes. Because running Big Four Confessions has been an eye opener. Because I had a relatively positive experience at Deloitte. Like, yeah, I have some stories that are like things that went wrong, but it like shocks me some of the submissions I get. Sometimes they're very sad. and It's like, I can't believe people are going through that. But have there been any that are like so sad you don't post them? No, not yet. I've, I've posted some, even if they're, even if they're difficult to talk about, I try to approach like, you know, open up the conversations, like challenging things just so that it can become like a discussion. But, um, so yeah, I posted things that aren't easy to post just to put, put it out there. There, there have been a couple of things that I could certainly, it, it resonates with me. You see that stuff at the yeah. firm and yeah, a lot of it around like pressuring to not take time off is some, yeah. some pretty messed up stuff, right? Cause it's, it's PTO, you've earned it. Um, yeah. But I feel like that attitude shifting, like even when I started yeah. in audit first, I'm sure when you have like work-life balance was a little tongue in cheek at the time. And I feel yeah. like it's maybe being taken more seriously now. Yeah, I mean, the firms are talking about it, which is a good first step. Well, I, this has been super interesting to me. I, I think it's time we wrap it. And I'd love to wrap it with you giving you know, career advice, actually, right in line with the mentorship discussion that we just had. So as you kind of reflect on your career, what do you think are, what do you think are some of the things you've done that have staged you for the CFO position? Let's focus on the actual finance and accounting side of it. So what, what do you think have been some helpful things along the way? Yeah, I think the help, the most helpful thing that will hopefully get me to the, my goal of being a CFO one day is getting a variety of career experiences by being on so many different types of audits, different industries, different public and private mix, and then also getting a little bit of M&A and then industry. It's so important to, it's so valuable to have both public um, accounting experience and industry. Um, that combination is really valuable and I think will help me get to my goal. So that's my advice. Yeah. And I, I know when in audit, we might look down on industry a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's, you learn a lot and it's, it's really kind of your way to progress the career. And also if you end up at the right startup in the tech world, perhaps make the most money as well. Yeah, no, that's true. Equity is a good thing. Equity is a very good thing. <laughs> yeah. So if you, if you could do it all over again, would you go to the big four? Yes. Yeah. I don't think I have my current job today if I didn't started the big four. Yeah. Speaks volumes. We can rip on it and all that stuff, but it is a great learning experience and uh and helps vault your career from there. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, Kristen. Well thank you so much for joining. I love the accounts. I follow them and check them out every day and uh look forward to this podcast getting out. I hope people find it entertaining. Awesome. Thanks Mike. It's been great talking to you. Thanks Kristen. Have a great rest of your day.